Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska! We could not talk or talk forever. And still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, Feb 3, 2022. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 380 of the Biden-Harris administration. 278 days until the 22 midterms. I'm on Instagram. My handle is TheBobSeska. And I'm on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. Okay, so uh, Jody Hamilton, not here today, had to drive a very important person to the airport. So let's do this. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of the consolations when we don't have Jody. I get to play that jingle, complete with the, the T-Rex and Walter the dog. Walter. It's David Ferguson. We call him T-Rex. His uh, music project is called Astral Summer, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Any music coming up, sir? Anything uh, developing in the uh, rock and roll front? We are knocking some new ideas around. Oh, uh, good, 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 good. I'll keep you posted. Uh, by the way, we uh, just a preview. We've got some great music coming up later on the show. Uh, another oh, song nice. from uh, Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith. We've got a brand new single from Lee Thomas. Some of our faves here uh, coming up later on the show. If you haven't picked up Cosmologica, the new album from Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith, go run, don't walk. Go there now. Where will you go and buy your music? Go buy that album because it is... Uh, Maybe now in my top three or four favorite prog albums of all time. So just giving you a hint on that. Yeah, there's a helpful tip. Maybe not Spotify, folks. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely no. Please no Spotify. If you can, go over to Apple Podcasts. Listen there. Go to sexyliberal.com. You can listen over there. Go to bobseska.com. You can listen over there. Um, I'm in the process right now of... uh, of anxiously anticipating the end of today's show. And I don't normally do that. I don't feel like we should rush through, David, because I really love doing this show. This is like uh, my uh, one of my weekly therapy sessions. I get four weekly therapy sessions, and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a brand new episode of The Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus that apparently is mind-blowing. Because I frequent a lot of different websites that, you know, are very liberal as far as spoilers go, 
I, I got to watch it. I usually wait till Saturday to watch that crap, but uh, I got to watch it today. So I'm going to watch it right after we're done with this show. Because otherwise, it's just going to be ruined for me because I, I, I am inevitably going to land on a spoiler. And people I know, especially on Twitter, just can't restrain themselves. Happens all the time. Anyway, uh, you saw the Facebook news today, David? Mm-mm. No, <laughs> Glo- gl- no. Glorious, glorious Facebook news because, oh my God, Facebook shares plummeted 20% today. Yeah. And we're, uh, wow. we're celebrating that. <laughs> it's, it's so sad that Mark Zuckerberg lost $200 billion in value. Yeah, what a... Mm. What a shame. Lesson. Yeah. You'd think that maybe there was some backlash because Facebook is a shithole. I mean, maybe that's yeah. part of it. <laughs> maybe Facebook has just screwed way too many people with their pants on. And now people are going, hey, you know what? I'm done being screwed with my pants on. Please, Mark Zuckerberg, stop screwing me with my pants on. And so now uh, people are walking away from Facebook. And that's, in fact, why the shares plummeted, because uh, more and more people are going over to uh, something called TikTok. Are you on TikTok, David? I've never made a video. I have a TikTok account that I use to watch people's videos, and I have, like, people I follow, but I've never actually put anything out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, It revealed uh, Meta, which is the new name for Facebook, the rebranded name, uh, revealed... mm. 500,000 fewer daily logins and declining profits. Zuckerberg's personal wealth <laughs> takes a $29 billion hit. Oh, oh sad. 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 So sad. <laughs> I love that, that sound bite. Yeah. Well, now we're up to. Sad. <laughs> now, sad. Now we're up to, I think, a 26% drop in Facebook's value. I mean, this is encouraging. This might mean that Facebook is on the decline. Facebook has been a fucking, I mean, it's a destructive force. Yeah. I really try to use it like less and less and less. It's Um, like, uh, you know what it is? It's like nuclear weapons. You, you, (laughs) originally it's like, oh my God, what a interesting invention here. We can really uh, stick it to our enemies. Oh shit. And then you get now into they have like, them too. Okay, yes. Now we're screwed. Now we're really screwed. And that's what it is with Facebook. I mean, you want to keep in touch with your family. You want to keep in touch with your friends. You want to spy on the people you went to college with to see if they turned out fat and bald. I mean, these are all the things that we do on Facebook. We want to share our food recipes and whatever, our dog photos and our cat videos. And, and that's what we do on Facebook. But Facebook isn't about connecting with your family and friends. Ultimately, Facebook is a data mining operation. Facebook is collecting everything they can collect on you and your personality and what you do and what your interests are so they can target advertising to you. They can sell your information to other people so other people can target you for various reasons, including advertising. And Obviously, from someone who uh, has worked in various online publications, Facebook has screwed online publishing. You were talking about magazines and newspapers, David. It even goes beyond that. And websites, too. I websites. mean, just all kinds of – remember the toast? Yeah. And, like, I mean, just all kinds of different people who were able to make a living working on the Internet no longer can. Yeah. All kinds of liberal publications just ended up closing up shop because they could no longer post for their readers on Facebook. They could no longer post articles and so on. There are still a few that are doing it. But now Facebook has become, as far as politics go, 
Facebook has become the hub of Trumpism. I mean, you go back to 2016 where they were taking rubles for a period of time there. Every week, the top performing posts on Facebook are always right-leaning. Here are the top 10 uh, political posts as of February 1st, uh, according to Media Matters. These are the top posts on Facebook. Number 10, Fox News. Number nine, Occupy Democrats, one of two liberal sites on uh, on this list. Number eight, Governor Ron DeSantis. Number seven, Ben Shapiro. Number six, Ben Shapiro. Number five, Breitbart. Number four, Breitbart. Number three, the other <laughs> the other ninety eight percent, which is the other left leaning uh, uh, Facebook page. Number two, Franklin Graham, and number one, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro appears on there three times. Breitbart appears on there twice. That's your Facebook. That's what Facebook is promoting. And the reason why Ben Shapiro and Breitbart and some of these other right-wing groups end up getting so much traffic through Facebook is because they've cut deals with Facebook to let them circumvent Mm. the rules, the rules that were applied, sometimes in mysterious fashion, to liberal Facebook pages, including the pages that were run by Kimberly Johnson. And, oh my God, talk about being screwed with your pants on. (laughs) She got- I feel like every technology ultimately goes through its AOLification. Yeah, right. You know, to the point that it just becomes for old people who don't know how to use the internet. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, Facebook is headed that way, which is why it's mostly right wing crap because it's all yeah. people over seventy. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, but. And this goes back to what we were talking about when I was like, you know, why, oh, why, you know, is there just so much vaccine disinformation? Because mm-hmm. it makes a profit. Yeah, obviously. So yeah. this plummeting of Facebook's value is awesome, and I hope it continues because the 70 and older demographic is really not what advertisers are aiming for mm-hmm. these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, th- I mean, one of the things that we're going to be looking at here is whether Facebook is on a long-term decline, and I think it is. I think we're at that stage where, remember when MySpace was overtaken by Facebook and so on, and before that, I think Friendster was taken over by MySpace. Not taken over in terms of a corporate buyout or anything like that, but in terms but of basically run pop- off the road. Yeah, it's popularity uh, overtook uh, those other sites. So, we may be in a phase right now that's ripe for some other Facebook-style social media site to emerge. One that, you know, fingers crossed, doesn't use any sort of data mining, doesn't sell your information to Russia or buy uh, disinformation advertising from Russia or China or whoever else. So, fingers crossed that that will occur. The problem now is getting Americans to segue from Facebook over to that new platform. And that may be a, a longer I think we term should home. all be just using less social media. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm raising my hand right now because uh, I will not lie. I have days where I hate Twitter, but by and large, I love, I love using Twitter. I, I can't help it. I'm just a... <laughs> I'm just a glutton for punishment. I just I, I I I love being there. It's like being on the front lines of every news event that comes down. And granted, some of that burns your face it's off. It's kind of an illusion, I think. I mean, yeah, you're getting news breaks early, but they're not yeah. always accurate. They're sure. very rapidly distorted. And it's I don't know. I just like I never feel better. <laughs> after I use social media than I did before I started. And I'm just really kind of like realizing the amount of time that goes down the memory hole and just gets yeah. lost. And I could be like reading or writing or, you know, trying to make some music. And, mm-hmm. 
uh, I feel comfortable talking about this because it might help other people who are kind of in the same boat. You know, I've been taking oh, right. the same antidepressant yeah. for since 1998, mm-hmm. which is apparently unheard of. And we've, my therapist and I have kind of arrived at the fact that it doesn't seem to be working anymore. So I yeah, need to see yeah. a, a new doctor and get a new, hopefully, prescription when you make a transition. But I mean, really, like the whole like uh, Anhedonia thing, yeah. my new drag name, Anhedonia. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, like, it's like still using Windows 95 as your operating system. So that's basically the equivalent of the uh, antidepressant you're taking, right? I mean, it's that outdated. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's like... Uh, it's like the the pleasure has sort of slowly leached out of everything. Yeah, your body is adapted. And the, yeah, and the last year of you know losing a, a beloved pet in a horrible way and losing my house and mm-hmm. the whole ongoing grind of the pandemic. I just feel yeah. like I am just like it's really tough. Yeah, right yeah. You know how like if you've been like grieving really hard and you get a couple days in there that are a little like you know the sun comes back out but still when you like heave a big sigh there's like a little surprise sob at the bottom like at about you know <laughs> like the, yeah i know i know exactly what you're talking about yeah that's like every day for me <laughs> um god that's just like you know i spend the first couple hours i'm awake every day at work going don't cry don't uh cry don't cry (laughs) like it'll freak everybody out and it's the same as it was yesterday so yeah 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 so like yeah well so that's going to be a process now of phasing out the existing medication and then phasing in whatever they prescribe as the uh the new thing the new thing on the block the new thing in your medicine cabinet Uh, that's going to take some time and uh i hope uh, different doctors have different ways of doing it like they taper you and they start a small dose of the other one simultaneously or they like i don't know what or they just replace it yeah they give you the equivalent dosage of the new medication um well, I don't know. I have a uh, possible solution to your clinical issues, David. You should just ignore. A lobotomy. It was just ignore. <laughs> ignore that it's there. Pretend that it's not there because I'm sure you're done with it. I'm sure you're done with uh, being depressed and feeling that way, and uh, yep. restraining tears every day as you try to engage in your life. And, and <laughs> I, I, I bet you want it. I think what you should do is just declare that it's over. If you just tell yourself. I'm done with this. And every time your depression rears its head, all you got to do is go, I am not listening. There you go. That's what you do. That's and then the maybe solution. I can get an editorial in the Wall Street Journal is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly right. You know and what's funny is that yeah. I accidentally tapped my headphones button mm-hmm. just now trying to adjust them on my head. And yeah. AHA's take on me started playing from <laughs> Apple Music. And I thought that you were playing it and that you were about to like burst into like it was like, you know, Dave, what you really need to do. And I'm just like, where is Bob going with this? And then I realized it was coming from my inside the house. I uh, um, yeah, sometimes they get a little esoteric on the show, but not quite that weird. Uh, I just want to say. Um, but yeah, you mentioned the Wall Street Journal, and I got to be honest, and this is something else we talked about before the show. Just blabbing, I've really been debating with myself about how to proceed talking about COVID, and where I've landed ultimately is. I just got to go with my gut. And my gut right now says that this done with COVID thing is absolutely the worst fucking idea to come down the pike since Donald Trump should run for president. This is a horrible, horrible idea. And there's a Wall Street Journal editorial today. Deputy editor Daniel Henninger wrote a piece that is, well, I mean, I'll just read it here. It says, it is manifestly clear that the panic phase of the COVID-19 pandemic has to end 
the costs are too high. I don't mean end as a state of mind. Listen to that. I don't mean end this as a state of mind. The pandemic has to end officially as a matter of stated public policy by the U.S. government. President Biden needs to declare publicly that the pandemic phase of COVID is over so people can resume living in a reality not dominated by masks, tests, or vaccines. State and fr- so then the COVID virus is, I mean, it's just going to be like, oh, okay, let me just back off here. <laughs> yes, that's Biden right. said the pandemic's over, so I guess I've got to start collecting unemployment. I've been fine. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, this, this bullshit didn't work when Brian Kemp tried it in right. May of 2020 when right. he was like reopening the pool halls and tattoo parlors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just whatever, dude. Yeah. It didn't work. It yeah. made everything worse. And this is, I mean, the COVID virus is not done throwing off variants. Like R. Mm-hmm. Kelly throwing off remixes, like it just, it, you know, it's it's gonna keep doing terrible things. Yeah, yeah. and I just well, the, this la 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 la. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be this la, way, so la, it's la, not la, that la, way. La, I am not listening. <laughs> la 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 la. That's what it is. That is one thousand percent what it is. We are entering the delusion phase, the make believe phase of the COVID pandemic. Well, it was, for the Republicans, it has always been the make-believe fucking phase of yeah. the pandemic. They're just trying to impose it on the rest of us now. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the virus, viruses don't care. Viruses don't care. Right. Got no clue if you're red or blue and viruses don't care. <laughs> they, we're all going to fucking die. Like, you know. <laughs> Who cares? Oh, God. And then also this feels like the advice he's offering here feels like a trap. Like they're setting a trap for Joe Biden to stumble into. And then they're going to spring the trap. Well, here's what Henniger continues on uh, to say. He said, uh, state from the Oval Office, Biden should state from the Oval Office that the COVID pandemic in the United States is over. Announce that the White House COVID-19 response team will transition from daily response to long-term virus management. Declare that mandated policies related to masks, testing, and vaccinations are no longer necessary. Restate his point that policy setting for virus mitigation should reside with the states as a needed political grace note, acknowledge the contribution of every appointed and electric, uh, elected federal officer who fought the pandemic in the past two years, thank Anthony Fauci for his career of service to the nation, and accept his retirement. That's your no, and Wall I want Street a, Journal. And I want a cookie and a hot stone massage. It's, you know, like, Jesus Christ, fuckhead. It's a good thing you're not actually a White House advisor, but it's nice of you to plan the president's day for him, but no. <laughs> you know, it's like, just, the, it's... Uh, I know, I know. Again, like, the virus is still there. People mm-hmm. are still getting sick. Hospitals are still over capacity. Healthcare yep. workers are still feeling like slaughtered cattle on a right. daily basis. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just like if I had gone to my parents after I crashed the car and been like, I feel like I've been on restriction long enough. Yeah, exactly. You know, okay. it's like, I, this, we, I don't get to make you. This has been an ongoing thing with me, like at my retail job, which is in a very conservative county, just happens to be off the interstate. So there's people coming through from other places. But mm-hmm. like these people just walking around with no masks on, like there's nothing going on. Yeah. No. You know, and it, I, I just for them, they haven't changed anything about their behavior at all mm-hmm. and they ne- and they never will so for them i mean really the people who read the op-ed page in the wall street journal thinking it's good sense they're already de- in denial they've already they've been yeah. there yeah yeah um, it, i mean the, the wall street journal is a great paper when it comes to factual reporting mm-hmm. but their op-ed page might as well op-ed page 
might as well have a sign that says inpatient day lounge <laughs> at the top because it's just like delusional, mm-hmm. fact-free crap from like Federalist Society people. You know, and I want to be absolutely clear about something, too. Which is, the other day, I took some grief on Twitter from some listeners, actually, who were like, Bob, what are you doing? Go out and live your life. Why Why? Why are you panicking still? I'm going, what the fuck? I'm not panicking. I'm looking at the status. The science and, and the, the science, reality of yeah, the situation. Yeah. It's not safe to go about life as normal. It's not safe to kiss strangers. It's not safe to eat in restaurants Mm -hmm. because we are continuing to provide reservoirs for the virus to breed in. Yeah. I mean, I am am proceeding with my life at about an 80% capacity. I'm not back to normal. I'm not back to 2019 normal. But I'm pretty close. I mean, I'm going to the gym. I visited with family. But I still exercise protocols. I still make sure to check what the infection rate is and my area or wherever I'm going to make sure I'm not walking into a fucking hornet's nest. Yeah, I, these are all common. Gym. These are all common There's sense. Too much heavy breathing at the gym. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I mean, my you... gym. I go to a gym that's basically empty, with the exception of uh, this past weekend. And I told that whole story on Tuesday. But the fact of the matter is that I'm not indicting anyone who wants to uh, wear a mask and go to the movies. I'm not talking about anyone who's wearing a mask and gather with family and friends. I'm not talking about that. That's fine. That still shows that you're engaging in the common sense protocols to mitigate the threat of a deadly pandemic. What I'm talking about here is this policy level madness that says we need to artificially declare an end to the pandemic. That is what is driving me mad right now, where I feel like I've entered into an alternate universe where black is white, you know, up is down. It's fucked up beyond belief. And I don't understand how you can possibly stand up on a soapbox publicly and go, yes, we should all make believe this is over. And not only from the perspective of your personal view of this, but Joe Biden has to get on television and say, it's over. Don't worry about it. We're done. But my fear right now is that this is catching on. This is becoming a serious thing. We talked about the uh, latest Monmouth poll, which is uh, 70% of uh, Americans agree with some form of this, while uh, interest or support for uh, mandates, whether it's masking or vaccine mandates, is on the decline. It's still around 52%, according to Monmouth, but it's much lower than it was last time they polled on that question. So we've reached that point. I don't think retail workers, I mean, we are enjoying our masks. We understand, like, you know, we're not going to, I think people who work in food service and in retail are probably going to continue to wear masks and wash our hands vigorously and sanitize no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. Because we've realized now after, you know, not getting the flu for two years, not getting seriously ill from colds or stomach bugs or whatever is flying around out there. Um, and people who don't want to look at people in masks, I'm sorry. You know, your yeah. comfort does not matter as much as my personal, you know, safety. Well, look at any. And even like we talk, I mean, we're like finding out even more about how in the long term, like even mild COVID leaves behind serious problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a lot of people. And so it's just not 
over. Right. Well, all the experts are telling us, epidemiologists, physicians, people who are aware of how pandemics operate, whether it's from, you know, knowledge of studying COVID or whether it's looking at past examples of pandemics, uh, certainly the influenza pandemic, 1918, where it doesn't move, it, it doesn't develop, it doesn't evolve in a linear way. There could be another variant that emerges in the near future, like in months, that will be maybe deadlier than Delta. I mean, it could be more mild than Delta or Omicron. We just don't know. So that's why it's, you know, it's like returning to some form of mandates should there be a variant that is really destructive. I mean, beyond Omicron, the one that makes Omicron look like the speed bump of last winter's uh, spike. Uh, you know, th- there could be that eventuality where there's a an immensely deadly variant. And remember after you graduated from high school, the thought of having to, after a couple of years, go back and take another class of something, whether, you know, wh- whatever it might be. Yeah. The idea of being another academic setting is just like, it's really hard to re-spark that engine. Genies don't go back in bottles. <laughs> yeah. So once much, we have... Yeah. Once we have pulled out of uh, accepting the existence of mask mandates, vaccine mandates, et cetera, once we've accepted that they're gone and we're done with all of that, starting it up again is going to be diminishing returns every time it has to restart. Yeah. So you kind of want to keep it going to some level so that it's not as difficult to react when another variant spike occurs. I mean, it's basic common sense to do that. But we can't get there. We have we now we have this movement saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we're just we're, we're going to ignore it. We're going to make believe. We're going to pretend that it's not there. We're going to do the whole la la la. I am not listening. La 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 la. <laughs> that's serious public you policy. Know, I just but that's Republicans in general, though. Yeah, they've been yeah. doing this for years, ignoring the evidence on the ground in favor of a conclusion that matches their ideology. Right. I mean, yeah. it's you know William F. Buckley. What has he said? The, a man, a conservative is a man standing athwart the flow of history yelling mm-hmm. stop and i'm yep. like no a conservatism is a person standing athwart the flow of history with their fingers on their ears going la 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 you know i just <laughs> yeah. like cuz they yep. that the, uh, the mm-hmm. evidence is all there yep but they just they would rather go with something that makes them feel nice uh-huh that's exactly right and we've just lost touch with the difference between right and wrong it's i keep saying it but that's it's all part of the american nervous breakdown where there are these cockamamie ideas out there that go far beyond the normal cockamamie ideas that we see in politics all the time. I mean, we're in fantasy land at this point. We're, I feel like, as I said, I feel like the space-time continuum has skewed off into some weird alternate reality where uh, Biff Tannen is now the mayor of Hill Valley and he's got a casino. It's just, it's. I think something happened when Trump went down that escalator. I think he snapped something in the space-time continuum and, and everything has been fucked since then something in the large hard-on collider has gone <laughs> yeah there was a singularity astray. yeah yeah there was a singularity at the top of that escalator and he came right through it with I, melania mm. i really think that the thing we need to be focusing on right now is how these people cr- seem to crave violence yeah yeah it just is a part of their whole ethos mm-hmm. they are like and they're armed to the teeth and they are just ready to they really want to hurt and kill. Oh, yeah. And we've got a story uh, along those lines, David, that's uh, kind of a big deal. Because if this is something that catches on, 
uh, from state to state to state to state as we careen headlong toward the midterms. We're talking about more violence. We're turning a bend right now with Republicans where they want to make polling places into Thunderdome. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We also have to talk about uh, Biden and this uh, this raid that killed the leader of ISIS in Syria. Oh, my God. Rudy Giuliani on the fucking mass singer last night. Or was it? I don't know if it was broadcast. They may have just been taping yet. it. Yeah, okay. Because I don't watch it's, it. It was but. the first episode of the season. He didn't even make it a whole episode, apparently. Yeah, but, yeah. like... Well, Two judges left the stage. Yeah, we're right, going to we'll get into all that. I, 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 I think that part is dubious, too. Robin Thicke and Ken Jong walking off. Uh, the whole thing just reeks of awfulness. We're going to talk about that and, and a whole lot more. But uh, first, we take a short break and back with more show after these words. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Bob Seska. the Sundays. Yeah, well, holy crap. Every song of this album is wonderful. There's some epics on this album, like an 11-minute song in there, just full-on prog. And, and what's amazing about Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith is this is only Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith on this album. Cersei singing and doing some of the most incredible vocal harmonies I've ever heard, plus Christian Nesmith, Mike Nesmith's son from the Monkees, you know. He plays all the instruments, including the drums, the bass, guitar, keyboards, everything, uh, background vocals, all of it, and it's just, it's just wonderful. It it puts a smile on my face. I've been playing it over and over and over. It's it's therapeutic. You talk about therapy. This is therapeutic to listen to this album. Song called uh, Satellite. I think it's the I mean, maybe the next to last song in the album, and of course the album is called Cosmologica. Link in the description to support Cersei Link and Christian Nesmith. Buy this goddamn record. You'll be uh, happy that you did. All right. Uh, BobSuska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. Thank you for doing that. All right. So the Republican candidates, uh, several Republican candidates in Michigan want to arm poll workers in preparation for the next election. Ryan Kelly, a Republican candidate for governor, uh, appeared alongside Mike Detmer, also a Republican who is running for the state Senate in Livingston County over the weekend. The candidates were meeting with prospective poll workers, quote, if you see something you don't like happening with the machines and you see something going on, 
unplug it from the Shoot wall. Shoot the machine. <laughs> <laughs> Is it uh, unplug it? First, unplug it from the wall. Kelly said, and then Detmer told the crowd to be prepared to lock and load when they go to vote. The ideal thing is to do this peaceful. That's ideal. He means peacefully. That's ideal. But the American people at some point in time, if we can't change the tide, need to be prepared to lock and load, he said. So if you ask what we can do, show up armed. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel and Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson uh, both responded to the comments saying that voter intimidation and tampering with machines is illegal. That hasn't stopped the Republicans, though. (laughs) They don't care. They're -hmm. believing every word Donald Trump says about the big lie, even though voter fraud is statistically non-existent. Election fraud, on the other hand, is exactly what Donald Trump was engaged in and is still engaged in. That's what we saw last year. That's what continues to happen and beyond. That is big-time election fraud. But what we're talking about here is they're preemptively planning to take firearms to these polling places, or at least that's the thought. That's the concept at this point. And they're doing that to prevent something that is non-existent. You know, here's what we need to do. We need to acknowledge... Bravely protect against unicorn attacks. Well, do you see how upside down this is? You see how the the world is just fucking... I don't know what is going on. We, we're through the looking glass. And uh, we're pretending something that's there isn't there with COVID. And now we're also pretending that something that isn't there is really there, which is voter fraud. That's how we're... <laughs> God damn. God Damn it! I, I don't even know how to describe this. P- pretend COVID doesn't exist, but also pretend that voter fraud does exist. <laughs> That's the Republican strategy. And by the way, we're going to be talking about something else with regard to something that's boiling up on the Republican side of things. We're going to get to that on the shadow docket later today. Candace Owens had a crackpot idea, but it's only a matter of time before it becomes doctrine on the Republican side. So we're going to get into that on the uh, Shadow Docket later on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. So that's it. Thunderdome and the polling places in Michigan, unless something is done about it. And, and at this point, I, I— There is a federal law against yeah. carrying weapons into an election, into a voting— I mean, There they're, is. They're, they're, so— Well, I mean, that's what both the Secretary of State and uh, Attorney General of Michigan told these people. This is illegal. You can't ask people to do this, and they can't do it, even if they believe that there's a reason to do it. And there, there is no reason. This is all based on Donald Trump's goddamn lies. So I'm many. Just like if the people. machine does something you don't like, yeah, shoot it. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> well, how does this follow? Like lock and load. If the damn computer does something that makes you feel funny inside, if it tries to touch you in your no-no place, you know, it's just what the fuck. Yeah, I swear to God, uh, someone who is Latino is going to walk into a polling place immediately. One of these crackpot uh, red hat polling workers are going to see, oh my god, oh she looks like a Mexican. He looks like a Mexican. Let's shoot them because. They're probably illegals trying to, you know, I'm using their vernacular, trying to vote illegally. Who knows? I mean, we we don't know exactly whether it's going to happen, whether people even believe that this is going to be uh, something that they're going to have to confront. But there's always that that possibility. And beyond that, this is just the dogma that people are hearing from their Republican leadership. And it seems to me is it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. That's just my read on this. 
You start telling people it's okay to open fire at a polling place or open fire at a movie theater, open fire wh- wherever, as soon as you feel a little bit threatened, and then that's uh, <laughs> that's it. That becomes. I mean, we're on the path towards some sort of theocratic Mad Max apocalyptic future if we're not careful here. And uh, that's been in the works for a long time. I know, uh, David, we talked about that going way back to Blogosphere 1.0, this move towards theocracy. And now there are all kinds of, let's, okay, uh, firmly held religious beliefs are now a get-out-of-jail-free card for everything, every awful public behavior. Well, it's part of my religion, you know. I mean, I don't know if I learn that or know that or restrain myself from saying the N-word or whatever. It's part of my religion. You can't, no, that's the end of civilization when that starts to uh, metastasize. Okay, so uh, let's see what else going on here. Um, yeah, Joe Biden authorized this raid that killed the leader of ISIS in Syria, and he mm. wasn't he wasn't specifically killed by American forces. The guy ignited a suicide bomb and blew up everyone around him as well, and that was that. So. Of course, the press is finding a way to either say this is bad news for Joe Biden or to credit Donald Trump for it, I'm sure. I'm sure those headlines are in the uh, planning phase. How is this going to hurt Joe Biden? That's going to be the next New York Times or Politico editorial, I'm sure. Waiting for that one. Um, All right. So I think we talked about this, David, during the Trump years about how after Donald Trump was out of office that these goddamn fascists were going to be normalized by primetime network television. And sure as shit, Rudy Giuliani. I mean, we are, we've seen examples of it in the past, obviously. This Sean- to me is just like, it just sounds like the onion. Yeah. I mean, just the whole <laughs> idea does. of Rudy Giuliani doing anything except getting ready for his trials and indictments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like on The Masked Singer. The Masked Singer. I, I just, really, it's like, you know, you know, Ivanka Trump going on Dancing with the Stars or something. It's like, no, these people are fucking criminals. They try to bring down our democratically elected government. Yes, yes, they they're villains. Not be, like, it's going to take more than singing show tunes in a, you know, fucking team mascot costume or whatever <laughs> the hell he was doing Yeah, to launder that fucking reputation. Rudy Giuliani should need, like, pure chlorine bleach for his reputation because <laughs> it is, like, yeah. like, it is completely destroyed. He went from being one of the most, you know, he went from being America's mayor to, you know, just raging, out-of-control yeah. seditionist. Something snapped in his head, for sure. I mean, everyone knows His that alcoholism. Even, yeah, I mean, even, he's a fucking alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. He's a, I mean, I, you can look at his face, and you can look at the way his body has, like, started to curl around his liver defensively. <laughs> um, well, I mean, every, he was always a dick. Even before 9-11, he was a dick, yeah. for sure. He put the, the terrorism, what, the terrorism task force inside the World Trade Center after it had already been bombed by terrorists. And so, you know, there's one example after another, Rudy's history in this. But, I mean, what they're doing now, they already tried it with Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer, what, he was on Dancing with the Stars even while Trump was still president. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Kellyanne Conway and many others are still getting big whopper paychecks uh, coming out of this, including, and not just from Fox News Channel. I mean, Kellyanne Conway signed a huge book deal. And so that is, you know, whatever Simon & Schuster type publisher. anyone read a book by that woman? Is it going to be like a parenting manual? Yeah, there's 74 million people wanting those guys to be uh, in the White House again. 
So yeah, there's a quite an audience for the villains. And uh, you know, I was talking about with this with John Fugel saying last night that speaking of reality television, we've been conditioned over the past 20, 21 years to kind of love the villains in reality shows, right? The characters that are always the most memorable characters on reality television are always the villains. I mean, we still remember Puck mm-hmm. from the real world. We still remember Richard Hatch or whatever that guy's name was. Uh, we know, uh, so many of us know all the villains from the various uh, Real Housewives. And, and, and we love it to watch... It kind of cracks me up yeah. that you're like, you know, passively smoking Real Housewives. Uh, <laughs> well, Kimberly like, watches it, so I know a little bit I know, it. so it's like secondhand smoke, right? But you're yeah, ma- maybe yeah. not even inhaling. Like, well, there was, Clinton, a, but... there was a period of time there when we were both watching together uh, one of the spinoff shows called Vanderpump Rules. Vander- yeah, yeah, we watched that for a while. We don't watch it anymore because I think See, the entire I'm cast. Like, is no, I'm not even that gay, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you do what you can. It just so happened that I got enthralled in the soap opera nature of of the Vanderpump Kids, uh, and I'm not proud of that. I'm really, really, <laughs> really not. Okay, so let's move on. <laughs> But the, the fact of the matter is, is that the, the TV people, the showrunners on a show like The Masked Singer, and granted, it is the Fox network that this show is broadcast on. So there's an element of that in the mix, too. There's an element. There's some uh, uh, Rupert Murdoch taint on that show. But you know the Ew. showrunners are like, oh, never to say that phrase. I never want to hear the Rupert Murdoch Sorry. I'm so I just sorry. Shuddered so hard that I think my feelings came out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I know. I know. I apologize for that one. But uh, needless to say, the producers of the show are going like, hey, you know, wouldn't it be great for ratings? If we brought in Rudy Giuliani and then, oh, my God, Twitter is going to go nuts, but it's going to be great publicity for the show. Ratings are going to be through the roof when people hear about this. They're going to it's going to be appointment viewing to see Rudy Giuliani on The Masked Singer. And guess what else? Here's how we're going to heighten the drama when Rudy comes on The Masked Singer. Robin Thicke and Ken Jong, whoever <laughs> Ken Jong happens. I have no idea who Ken Jong is. Robin Thicke and Ken Jong. They should walk off the show in protest, but then we can just bring them back. Rapey Robin Thicke. <laughs> yeah. If you've like, if you've sunk too low for Robin Thicke, right? Like that's, I mean, <laughs> well, my theory is that Robin Thicke really didn't give a shit, or Ken Jong. I think they walked off the show as part of the staged drama of it, because these reality mm. shows are all very well scripted. If you think a reality show is real. They all have writers, uh, editors who you know to create these storylines. It's sort of like professional wrestling in that sense. So uh, you know these guys, I'm sure, were instructed, "Hey, here's what, here's what the plan is. This is going to heighten the drama. Walk off the show. We'll bring you back a few minutes later. So it's not like you're leaving the show permanently." And that's exactly what happened. They came back on the show. Mm-hmm. Hell of a protest. You walked off for five minutes. Congratulations. Protest heard. But it's not. It's merely a, a performance art. It's merely a cosmetic. They're fucking war criminals. Yeah, I, I know. mean, they like people of d- guilty of profound human rights abuses and staggering corruption. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they should not be. They should, if they are at all in the public square, it should be only with a coating of tar and feathers. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Rudy Giuliani aspect of the big lie and the insurrection, which to me are all one and the same. The Rudy Giuliani aspect of it is is really fascinating to me 
because it makes me think on some level, and granted, you don't give Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt on anything, but it makes me think that Donald Trump is kind of a daredevil insofar as he tries to push how far he can go. He tries to get, like, let's see how ludicrous. Like a three-year-old. Yes, how ludicrous you know, can we be? Like, can I he, smear poop on the wall and get away with it? Like, I mean, yeah. that really is, like, his whole modus. Right, right. But he gets patsies every time. And Giuliani was his cat's paw, like, you know, orchestrating the fake electors thing <laughs> and sending out all the paperwork to make sure that they dotted their I's and crossed yeah. their T's yeah. to be elected. You know, that's, and that's criminal conspiracy to overthrow an election. I mean, why would you get Rudy Giuliani involved in this plot to uh, convince first DOD and then DHS to seize voting machines? And this was after the it's Four like, Seasons. Well, it was a after. Condom, it was basically. After, it was after the Four Seasons debacle when this happened. So already, Rudy Giuliani. I mean, and the Four Seasons was just the latest example. There are many examples of Rudy Giuliani tripping over his own dick, countless occasions. And yet Donald Trump said, okay, in this plan to seize voting machines, let's get Rudy. Let's get Rudy to do it. It's almost like the well, producer. he's also kept the same barber and makeup artist for his whole career. That's true. So, I mean, yeah. competence does not really carry a lot of weight. I mean, it could be that Rudy Giuliani was the only guy left. It's like, okay, well, who do but we he have? He used Rudy Giuliani like he'd use a condom, <laughs> you know? I mean, basically. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever heard Rudy Giuliani compared to a used condom. Oh Except my God. Trump doesn't use condoms. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because I mean, he was really just like there to make the asks, mm -hmm. to go to the Pentagon and say, we need to seize the voting machines. The Pentagon was like, hell no. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so they went to Homeland Security. Yeah. And Homeland, you know, yeah. and yeah. Homeland yeah. Security was like, bye, Felicia. No, no. Right. You know, and so then they went to, what was the next one? Like, Mm -hmm. National Guard or something. I mean, they were just, they were trying, like, you know, they were basically like rats in a trap trying to find a way out. Uh, you know, I'm surprised Rudy Giuliani didn't come up with springtime for Hitler. I mean, it's that sort of thing. It's like you want yeah. the thing to fail. It's like the producers. You want it to fail. That's part of the plan. Failure is part of the plan. But that's obviously not the case with Donald Trump. He's just an idiot. I mean, the dumbest set of crooks in the history of dumb crooks is the thing I've been saying all along. But finally, he's uh, starting to receive some comeuppance for it, including, oh, my God, who's suing Trump today? Look at all the litigation. Now your hopes will go away. Who's suing Trump? Who's suing Trump? Who's suing Trump today? So a witness during Trump's first impeachment, that is uh, Alexander Vindman, has sued Trump Jr., Rudy Giuliani, and two former White House staffers, alleging that the group conspired to intimidate him from testifying and later retaliated against him. Vindman alleges that the campaign was, quote, designed to inflict maximum damage by creating and spreading disinformation that would be repeated on Fox News and other right-wing outlets, which destroyed his ability to continue his career in national security and led to his retirement from the military. During Trump's 2019 impeachment trial, Vindman testified about a, a July call between Trump and Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, in which Trump asked Zelensky to investigate Biden's son Hunter and his ties to Ukrainian businesses. Another thing, by the way, that Rudy Giuliani was involved with and bungled badly, leading to an impeachment of Donald Trump. You know, you think at some point a guy learns his lesson. Maybe we shouldn't get Rudy Giuliani involved in this shit because it's going to lead to bad things. He was, I mean, Rudy was also involved in the big lie. So both cases in which 
Donald Trump ended up getting impeached, the insurrection and the Ukraine conspiracy, Rudy was right there in the middle of all of that. And he was the guy who then decided, hey, let's do our press conference, not at the Four Seasons Hotel, the luxury well, hotel. Uh, he Let's thought the- he had booked it at the Four Seasons Hotel and then arrived there, and the Four Seasons Hotel was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we have a press true. conference, yeah. and they yeah. went to whatever aide, uh-huh. whatever, you know, brain-dead, like, child of the really ruling elite was the intern who had to book that, <laughs> and we're like... Call that number. Who did you talk to? (laughs) And they were like, it's a landscaping agency. Okay, pretend we meant it. But it was such a weird, weird story. And as I said, Rudy Giuliani was right there in the midst of all of that. Uh, Meantime, I I know that uh, right now Glenn Greenwald's brain is on scramble mode right now because uh, Trump wanted to see raw NSA data to prove foreign interference in the election of Joe Biden in 2020. The plan, Donald Trump should invoke the extraordinary powers of the National Security Agency and Defense Department to sift through raw electronic communications in an attempt to show that foreign powers had interfered in the 2020 election to help Joe Biden win. And of course, when you're dealing with the raw electronic communications, you're also dealing with American communications. And we went through all of this crap back in 2013. The way this works is the NSA is all about foreign intelligence. You need a warrant in order to unseal or unredact the American side of conversations, whether it's on the Internet, cell phones, whatever. Mm -hmm. Proof of uh, foreign interference would, quote, support next steps to defend the Constitution and a matter superior to current civilian-only judicial remedies, argued the December 18, 2020 memo, which was circulated among Trump allies. The document, copy of which was obtained by the Washington Post, laid out a plan for the president to appoint three men to lead this effort. One was a lawyer attached to a military intelligence unit. Another one was a veteran of the military who had been let go from his National Security Council job. Is that Mike Flynn? Maybe. After claiming Mm -hmm. that Trump was under attack by deep state forces, including globalists and Islamists. (laughs) So I would like to move that we call all this whole Trump clown car the derp state. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's only one letter off. And, right, right. But just, uh, you know, like, oh, we've got this, like, ex-Navy SEAL and Mike Flynn, and we're going to get them raw signals data. <laughs> Knowing that Flynn is a fucking asset for the Russians. Oh, my God. One of the biggest flimflams come out of the Trump administration, come out of the Trump years, is that Donald Trump was there to drain the swamp. Donald Trump and his entire administration (laughs) were the fucking swamp. I mean, absolutely. If there's a swamp in Washington, D.C., Donald Trump and all of his people were like 99% of that swamp. I mean, they just, they didn't drain the swamp. They took over the swamp. They annexed the swamp. Like Putin in Crimea, they invaded the swamp and just took it over. Said, you know what? We're going to use this swamp for our own nefarious ends. That's what we're going to do. And that's exactly they brought what they malaria did. mosquitoes into the swamp, basically. <laughs> that's right. Well, speaking of swamps, Florida Republicans have rejected uh, the abortion ban exceptions for rape and incest. We're going to talk about that here in uh, just a second. But in the meantime, uh, if you're just listening to uh, this part of the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, you're only hearing the first hour. There's an extra 20 minutes of show after the end credits roll at the end of every Tuesday and Thursday show, and it's all happening on our Patreon page. Of course, I'm talking about the Shadow Docket podcast at patreon.com slash Show, or for your convenience, 
bobseskashow.com. It's a completely unfiltered, commercial-free continuation of all the fun and news, all the stuff we can't get to on the free portion of the show, and it's only going to cost you pennies per episode. Shadow Dockets drop every Tuesday and Thursday after the free show on our Patreon page. It's only going to cost you $5 per month, and you're going to be supporting this fully independent podcast. Don't miss out. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it. Send it to all your friends. And thanks for subscribing. Bob Seska plays more music. Thomas right here. This is a brand new single from Lee. Song called Higher Low, Lee Thomas Music uh, to support uh, LeeThomasMusic.com to support Lee Thomas. And to download I want to hear the, the chorus. Okay. It's coming. I can feel it. It's going to be epic. I know it. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Yep. Ah. Yep. So goddamn. I am good. a mess of goosebumps. What a beautiful voice. What <laughs> yeah, a great No hook. kidding. Uh, who is this again? Let me write this down. His name is Lee Thomas. That's L-E-I-G-H. Lee. And then the last name is uh, traditional spelling of Thomas. And I got a link in the description to support Lee Thomas. LeeThomasMusic.com is that link. And of course you can find him everywhere you get your digital music. Apple Podcast or not Apple Pod, Apple Music specifically. Uh, and then all the other places where you get that crap. So uh yeah, Lee Thomas, wonderful new uh, single right here, brand new. I think it came out maybe last week, I think it dropped. So uh, we're right in the vanguard of that one. Uh, as I said before, bobseska.com slash music to submit. All right. So let's hear. Uh, oh, yeah, Florida Republicans have rejected the uh, uh, exceptions for rape and incest in their new 15-week abortion ban, which is basically an outright ban of abortion. You're no longer, if this passes, no longer uh, you're, are you going to be able to get an abortion in Florida. Uh, Florida just, Republicans. What is there, why do they hate women so much? Yeah, because women are baby killers, don't you know? I mean, that's it. Pregnant women, uh, women of uh, of of uh, reproductive age, they're just going to go out and given their druthers, they're just going to start killing fetuses. What's going to happen? That's why. It's all about controlling women. It's all about making yeah. sure women don't usurp their place, don't overtake men as being in charge of things. And if you restrict the civil rights, the civil liberties of women, then they're not going to be able to do that. They're not going to be able to take over, you know, the man's work. And that's what part of this is. It's also, you know, there's like a visceral thing where I think a lot of Republicans saw photographs of aborted fetuses and like, oh, my God, can't have well, that. They're projecting. Yeah. They're projecting their own, you know, lack of love from their parents mm-hmm. 
onto these people and they, you know, they just want to ascribe the worst possible motives, not understanding that most women who've had abortions already have kids and are married or in long-term relationships. And it's not, I mean, they think that liberal women are just like driving around with Camrys full of sex toys, just like (laughs) randomly having abortions, you know, just because it's fun, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm going to have an abortion and I'm not even pregnant, you know, just like. uh, Well, remember, there's also a race aspect to this too, David, because I think a lot of these white male Republicans are thinking along the lines of, well, all these uh, 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 poor welfare queens are just uh, using abortion as birth control. You know, and they get pregnant because they're so promiscuous. I mean, those black women can't keep their legs closed. Just kind of the, the racist thinking on this. Like, they can't do that, so they're using yeah, abortion as a form of birth control. And so they want to roll that back. This is all just such fucking misogynistic. The, the worst of all of the Republican misogyny is right here, happening right here in Florida. I mean, uh, uh, a Democratic senator, state senator, Lauren Book, introduced this amendment to provide at least a rape and incest exception for this 15-week abortion ban, and the Senate Health Policy Committee struck it down. Quote here uh, from Senator Book, we have to give these survivors a little grace if a girl or a woman does not want to carry a pregnancy to term because she did not consent to being raped. None of the members of this committee should be able to deny her a safe and legal abortion because she needed more time. This is usually forbidden territory. For as long as I can remember, up until the last four or five years, when you talk about abortion with Republicans, it's usually like, okay, well, we're okay with rape and incest, threat to the life of the mother. We're okay with those exceptions. We'll go with that. But um, it's now full on. They're going after those exceptions, eliminating that as even a point of debate. And it's happening in all of these uh, red states where women are rapidly becoming, if not already, have become second-class citizens in those states. I mean, that's part of the horror of our dystopia is that, like, your zip code can determine whether or not your governor has decided you are entitled to health care. Yeah. Um, and, but we're all like, nobody can afford to move to a nicer place. Well, that's just it. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, and it's just, uh, well, what you're talking about too, is you're talking about teenage girls. We're talking about young girls who are raped of the victims of incest or who may have been pregnant through some other reason. Uh, They can't move. They can't find Mm -hmm. another home in a blue state where it's safer for them. I mean, so there are significant restrictions, not only in terms of age, but in terms of socioeconomic status, that 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 becomes impossible. And the real cruelty of this, too, on top of everything else, the other cruel things, is that a lot of these white male Republicans in Florida can afford to pay for their wife or their daughter to have an illegal abortion in Florida or to fly to another state to have an abortion. These things are all within their economic means to control. Rich people will always be able to have abortions in this country because they'll be able to afford you know, uh, high-priced doctors who will do it, whether it's illegal or not. And the, the poorer people... They're the ones who are going to be dying from back alley abortions. You know, the uh, clothes hanger nightmares, et cetera. 
And this is the ultimate tragedy of this. It's all driven by, as we were saying before, it's driven by this theocratic movement that has been underway since uh, the Reagan Revolution, since at least 1980, when the Republican Party married the evangelical far right. And that was to get Ronald Reagan elected. And they have not been able to cut that fucking umbilical cord since, nor do they want to. There's no interest in that because there's a lot of money there in the evangelical far right, obviously. So they're going to keep uh, this fucking horrendous wedding from hell between the Republicans and the evangelicals. They're going to keep that going for, you know, for the foreseeable future. So uh, we shall wait and see. Let's see what else here before we wrap up. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Louis DeJoy. Why does he still have his job? The EPA has urged Postmaster General Louis DeJoy to reconsider his plan to spend up to $11.3 billion on as many as 165,000 new, mostly gas-powered delivery vehicles. Fuck. A couple of months ago, we talked about the fact that he could be on his way out because they were there was a shake-up on the board of directors at USPS. I thought we were yeah, talking about that. I don't know that. what's going on with that, but... But now it's he's got enough money. I mean, the guy who's like, oh, you know, we can't have on-time mail delivery because, you know, elections. Spending $11.3 billion on a new fleet of gas-powered delivery vehicles. There's money's coming from somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where he's getting this money, but uh, all this is maybe the money that he need, needed to cut back is being redirected into this because there's something in it, a little something-something for uh, Louis to join. He's probably invested in the company that makes the gas-powered Jeeps Bingo. or something. I Bingo! Mean, That's it right but, there. But, you know, before we go, I would like to take my, my hat off to the Irish fisherman who stood down the goddamn oh, <laughs> Navy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was incredible. But, you know, they mentioned that, like, they were worried that in Denmark or Norway it was that, like, their internet, their deep-sea cables had been severed. Mm -hmm. And then they changed, they segued to Ireland, and I was like, I bet they didn't cut those cables. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't, no, not yet, but, like, I'm so proud of those guys. It's my ancestral homeland. So, yeah, yeah. you know, go fighting Irish. <laughs> well, you know what I'm glad they didn't do? Because, you know, this is a possibility. If you're ever faced with Russian military exercises and you just want to go out fishing, what you have to do is pretend that they're not there. La, 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 I am not listening. La, 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 la. Just, just make believe the Russians aren't really there. And then you'll, you'll be just fine. Because everyone's over the Russians, right? We're so done with the Russians. So just so boring. Pretend, yeah. <laughs> pretend that they don't exist anymore. I just, it cracks me up. Oh, a bunch shit. of fishermen. No guns, you know, fishing yeah. rods and attitude. <laughs> Like, who do you right. think you are then? Oh, the Russian Navy, is it? I'll rush us straight back to Moscow, you idiot. You know? <laughs> Goddamn. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, they really stuck it to them. Russians back down. I mean, that's that's some tough... This that's is some... the law of bullies. This yeah. is what I've been trying to tell the Democratic Party for God knows how many years. You run right at them. Yeah. And they freak out because all bullies are cowards. Yeah. Well, you know, I, Oliver Willis had some good advice here. I just want to mention, because uh, what you just said made me think of it. He said, you know, Republicans are really good at telling their followers, telling their supporters, telling their voters how to feel. But Democrats mm. often just allow their voters to make up their own mind in terms of how to feel. And I think that, I think we maybe need to employ some of what the Republicans are doing a little bit on that front. I think sometimes people want to know how to feel about something from their leadership. And Republicans provide that, Democrats, not so much. This is Oliver Willis uh, 
has a lot of uh, Democrats think it's wisdom. enough to be right. Yeah. They think that if you have the facts and the truth on your side and the and the democracy and like you're trying to uphold democracy that you will ultimately prevail, but it doesn't mm. work that way anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You have to yeah, but well, it's coming like another, up, uh, whole another conversation. Oh yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about the Republicans here coming up on the shadow docket, and specifically how the Republicans might have. Well, they're already embracing a lot of kooky bullshit, right? Well, there's something now that's being thrown into the mix on the Republican side that is really amplifying the move toward believing kooky bullshit. I mean, beyond the anti-vax crap, which they've now fully embraced with both arms and both legs. There's something else going on. And Candace Owens tweeted about this, and we're going to talk about that coming up on the Shadow Docket Show. You want to stick around for that. Or if you're not subscribed yet, get your ass over to patreon.com slash Show. Sign up at $5 a month. You get two postmortem shows a week at, after the Tuesday show, after the Thursday show. And if you sign up at $10 a month, you not only get the Shadow Docket Shows, but you also get the Friday After Party with me and Kimberly Johnson. That's happening tomorrow. Brand new uh, After Party uh, show tomorrow. So stand by for that. Okay, that's it for today's show. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, let's see what else. Uh, there's other stories that we're going to be talking about on the Shadow Doctor. Just suffice to say. We're going to talk about Jeff Zucker on the Shadow Doctor. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. La, 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 la. I am not listening. La, 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 la.